This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED, or your travel advisor. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to The Mindful Experiment. This is your host, Dr. Vic. Excited to have you on as each week we have someone that we interview that shares a concept, an idea, a method of some sort to really play in this mindful experiment of life and really allow the individual to express their uniqueness and discover the path that's right for them. In this week's episode, we have an amazing individual who has a very contagious energy, must I say, where we have talked a lot about mindset. He's a mindset expert. And he works with a lot of entrepreneurs and does a lot of amazing things for them. The interview, individual I got to interview this week was a gentleman by the name of Joe Troden. Now, Joe 
he has been working in the entrepreneurial mindset space for the last five years. He's been working with hundreds of entrepreneurs at every stage when he was a coach at the Entrepreneurial Spark Global Accelerator. Leaving there to set up his own specialist business, now he works specifically in the post-startup, pre-scale-up niche, a place where entrepreneurs often fight so hard to get to, but then struggle to find their next level. The right strategy at this point, but the real answer to leveling up, it lies in upgrading their mindset, which he allows and helps individuals to do. His mantra is not about how it can be done, but how you can do it. I'm not going to take any more thunder away from this uh, wonderful gentleman. This is Joe Troden, everybody. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Vec, how you doing? I am phenomenal. I'm excited to have you on. How, how's everything coming along with you, my friend? Yeah, brilliant, man. Uh, just saying, of the quick chat there before the, the podcast, that every day is a good day. If you look at it, there's always something good to come out of every day. You know, and like I told you earlier, it's, it's, I wish more people had that mindset because, uh, uh, really, you know, every day is a blessing, right? It's a, it's a new experience that you get to have dive into and, uh, really just get to see what may come true may happen for you. Sure. So I love how you're a mindset coach. I'm a mindset catalyst, really loud of crossover here. I love it. Um, I always get curious and I love to know people's stories. So I would love to know what got you into mindset and, and being curious about it and, and so forth. Sure. So um, after kind of bumbling around, you know, through university, doing law, and then going to this really tedious uh, IT job that I thought was a career. Sorry, sorry previous employers, it wasn't that tedious. Um, but it just, it just wasn't me. Um, and I guess it was early 30s where I had, you know, this that sort of epiphany moment of just waking up and going, what actually do I want to do here? I've just always been drawn to people's minds. Um, I did a, a I did an open uni, sorry, university psychology degree while I was still working because I wanted to explore that. And then I went into mental health and I realized, um, you know, that what I wanted to do was understand people before the these problems became too ingrained. And then from there, I'd always been interested in uh, people's minds changing things at a systemic level. So business was the way to, to do that. So gradually, I just got pulled closer and closer to merging these two things around, you know, what's what's going on in people's heads, this this diversity and this complexity um, and this desire I have for systemic change, which for me happens through business. So those two paths basically merged uh, coming through, you know, various things. I worked in a, a youth charity and then I set up my own social enterprise, which is like a, a business to do good working with uh, young people. And then on to entrepreneurship because social enterprise opened my eyes to the power of, of business. And yeah, it just kind of expanded into business generally. It's just that thing of, you know, I'd, I'd always felt, I guess, when I'd started asking myself the questions, I'd felt it was people's minds that I was drawn to. And it was just a series of kind of experiments looking back on it to find where the right niche was. Very interesting. Uh, and it's cool how like the, would you say like the, you were just kind of like guided along the way in a sense and just like, you know, you learned this and it's like, oh, this is interesting. I'm more curious about this. Then you went this way. You just like, it was peaking curiosities as you moved along. Yeah. So the path that I was on doing IT, now I was in that because I thought it was a, a quotes career, you know, and you can make some good money, blah, blah. But when I actually asked myself what was important, 
that's when I started to make different steps. So the, the psychology degree, I was kind of volunteering and looking around mental health. But then all the problems people had there, they happened. They started generally when they were younger. So then I thought, okay, let's go and look at a, a youth charity and see if we can deal with these things at source. And then it was looking at that going, well, actually, we're putting them into a system that doesn't work. So then how do we change that system? I thought social enterprise is a way to do that. But actually, it's a much bigger thing than that. So then going into entrepreneurship generally and then being there, seeing the, the huge diversity of the way that people think and the way the different entrepreneurs approach um, their businesses. So th there was a bit of method in it, but it was only when I had that initial jolt. Um, but yeah, uh, once you kind of find your path, those trims, those tweaks uh, present themselves a lot more frequently. And I love you bring up entrepreneurship and, and do you, when you talk about with the mental health and entrepreneurship, is it, are you coming from a place where it's like, a lot of times you hear that like people would say like your business is all about really about you at the end of the day. It's where you are, who you are and mm -hmm. all that. Is that kind of where you take it? That's what kind of, you know, you saw it from that perspective or you can get dive a little deeper if it's different. No, I mean, if you're, what, what's incredibly clear is that you have to do it your way. So there are loads of different ways to create a business, you know, and there's countless, um, you know, books and gurus and you need to do it this way and have this league magnet and then post every day on social media and blah, 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 you know, and, and build your team this way, et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, you should be looking to expand your knowledge, but you should only be doing it in ways that resonate with, with you you know, ways that actually feel right. There's a lot of pressure in uh, the entrepreneurial world, particularly when you're starting out and you feel, you know, that somebody's got a magic answer. Um, that if only I listen to, whatever, a Seth Godin, I'm not doing down Seth because I really like him, but, you know, if I listen to these gurus and I follow everything, then I'll be able to do it. But what I recognize in working with hundreds of entrepreneurs is that they have something which is called uh, superpowers. We call it superpowers. So these are these natural abilities that people have in terms of the way they think, the way they communicate, how they make decisions, how they lead, how they design their products. And it's all about understanding what they are as in you as an individual. And then that's what you focus on and that's what you develop. Because how you do it is going to be completely unique to who you are. I love that. Now, the big question is, how do you find your superpowers? Do you know, it's, it's not as easy as, uh, you know, just saying it's what you're good at. It's funny, actually. <laughs> I was listening to some of, your, some of your other podcasts, and the recurring message is that there is no quick fix, do you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm exactly, I'm totally on that same page as well. Like, this is um, nothing worthwhile is easy, right? But if you look at uh, a way to start to understand your superpowers, so there's a state of mind called flow, which is coined by a guy, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. So what he looked at was that people seem to be able to do things at an extraordinary high level in terms of learning, in terms of their abilities. And it's often something that's used when you talk about extreme sports. So you've got this downhill skier who's firing down the mountain at like 120 miles an hour. They're not thinking about anything other than the moment. They're not thinking about, you know, what I'm having for dinner tonight or did I look the keys in the car or, you know, they are thinking about what is happening right now. Um, and it is 
it's this total focus. So if you look at superpowers, if you want to start to identify them, if your listeners want to look at it, there are, there's a massively long answer, but I don't think that's helpful if someone's new to it. What you really need to look at is a triangle that has energy. So you have to be energized by it. Focus, you have to be completely in the moment. And a key one is time distortion. So time distortion, because when you are in flow, you, you, you know, five minutes can seem like an hour because you are so engrossed in what it is that you're doing. You're so present. You're so living in that moment. You learn so much faster. Um, so when you're trying to identify your superpowers, it's not as simple as just going, here are the things that I enjoy. It really is thinking about when am I completely lost in the moment? And then it's about what are you actually doing in that moment? Because you can have two people who are doing the same thing, you know, two people that are sitting in the same session that they're just lost in different things. It could be a strategy session where somebody is lost in the relationships between things and trying to solve the problem. It could be that somebody's lost in that. So what are the people that are going to be involved? What's the dynamic that's going on in this room? So it's not you can't look from the outside and, you know, objectively do it. It has to be something that's, that's true to yourself. So if they think about that, when am I energized? When do I feel completely focused on what I'm doing? And when is it that time distorts for me? And what is it that's going on in that moment? That's a good way to start to identify them. I think that's huge. And I love how you bring up time distortion. Deepak Chopra says, you know, uh, we can time travel, travel, we can slow down time as humans because when you get into that space, uh, like you said, five minutes could be an hour. An hour could be five minutes. It just sure. varies. And he's like, he's like, that's how you slow down time and you because or you speed time up in that in that realm for that reason would you say that is it easier or harder in today's society to discover your superpowers because of <laughs> with 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 being energized and focused and all that uh, what's your opinion on that uh, it's not easy uh, and the not, not to go off on one and society's whole entire structure. <laughs> I knew it was a loaded question. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just going to get my soapbox and my slippers here. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's almost impossible, right? I mean, if you look at the way that um, things are structured, so the reason, part of the reason I think that um, I didn't kind of wake up until I was 30 was because... I wasn't asked those questions. You know, I wasn't asked the question of like, what, you know, when do you feel in flow? What is it that really excites you and energized you? Maybe I was, but only at a very superficial level, you know? So you go through education. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the, the States and obviously I've been out of education for a while, but, you know, it was a memory test, right? So here are things that you need to remember. Um, make sure that you remember as much as you can. If you are a straight A person and you get a B, let's make sure that you put a disproportionate of energy turning that B into an A rather than working out, you know, where should I really be focusing my time? So you come out of that. This is what happened to me, you know, it's, it's that. And then the natural progression for a smart person, go to university, pick a, a, a career like I did. So pick law because that's prestigious and there's a lot of money in it or doctor or accountant or whatever it is. Um, and then you just kind of fall into a trap of not, not actually knowing who you are. You know some of the things that you can do. You know, so I'm a smart guy, then come out, don't really want to do law, but money's in IT, so smart people do IT and get money. 
do you know, it's just such a misalignment of the actual power questions that help you to identify that. And a lot, for a lot of people, so I've changed around and I've moved around a lot, but I don't have a family. Do you know, I don't have a family that moves. Like I moved cities uh, a couple of times. You know, that's a big upheaval to do that. I changed careers. That's a big upheaval because I had to take a wage drop to, you know, to go and do the next thing. So it's, it's just not set up to do that. The amount of people that I meet in uh, corporate land that, you know, we talk about what their abilities are, not just corporate land, but, you know, we talk about what their abilities are, but they're just kind of railroaded almost onto partly them, partly partly their own mindset, partly by society, just to continue playing out the game that they're playing, um, even if it doesn't excite them. So, yeah, I, I think that there are constructs that we put in there that make it really difficult at the moment to identify those and to and to utilize them in a commercial sense. I agree. I mean, I think too, like, you know, I think it's just, we get into that mindset and you're sharing that like, oh, well, IT has the money. This will make life a little more easier and comfortable. Yeah. Brain likes that. Let's go do that. Um, instead of where we go and like, because I mean, again, uh, the, what you were sharing, how the school systems are, that's how it is here in the States. I mean, you memorize, memorize, memorize. I went to chiropractic school. That's all I, you know, students are but memorize something, throw it up the next day, and they'd be like, good, I passed the exam, I got a B or whatever, I'm good, I can move forward. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's how they do it all across the board. And it's one of those things where um, I think the, the, the issue too is just that we've gotten so – I talk about it in my new book, I talk about being how we're so egotistical. We've gotten – we let the ego lead, the, lead our life that now it's like we should do A to B to get to C to get to D. You mentioned some of the great gurus, um, you know, in different uh, sectors and so forth, which, you know, I love Seth Godin, Godin right? Um, good guy, love his information, but it's one of those things too where we, we are looking for, oh, this is how I do it. Okay, great. I don't have to struggle. I can minimize my pain. This is what yeah. I do, right? Yeah, I, yeah. How much do you think that is true for people in this concept, how I'm bringing it to the table, um, that they they try to do that in some shape or form? Sure. I mean, that's what I'd say. And like, um, certainly at the start of the journey, which is, re which is really hard, um, is looking for answers. And a big part of that is the failure. Like failure is even worse here than it is in the States when it comes to entrepreneurship. You know, in, in the UK, Pretty much, you know, if you if the first one doesn't work, the pity the the pity that's shown is almost unbearable. <laughs> um, you know, and people go, "Oh, it didn't work." Oh, well, never mind, never mind. You know, you can always get a job. Like the the that sort of reliance at times on uh, like who's got who's got this perfect answer. It's because of the this fear of failure. You know, to actually go out and try and do something because it, it absolves you of a lot of your personal responsibility if you're going, oh, well, I did that because that person said that was what to do. So it didn't work. So obviously, like, you know, the way they their advice was wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the, the pain of trying something and not working is is really big. And, you know, we talk about education. That's something, again, that's not, not taught and it's not uh, a cultural construct, right? Because... You're talking about if you go in there and you are the person that gets the C, you go into the, the slightly dumber class. You know who wants who wants to go into the dumber class? Um, so yeah, that's that's you know put on put on us quite a lot. So would would you say that fear plays a huge role in an individual um, when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship or 
individuals who feel like they're good at something or know that they're good at something, but there's that fear of going out there and uh, putting it out to the world? Yeah, yeah so there's a, couple, there's a couple of things in there. So you're just talking about um, superpowers and putting them out into the world. People, there are sometimes that my entrepreneurs, and we talk about this, that they actually feel guilty for developing a superpower because it's like really energizing and fun and they love it, you know? So it feels like if I'm working, it's supposed to be like really difficult. You know, but the, whole, the whole point of getting into it is so that you can do something that you're in flow as much as possible, right? So that's the area that you've got to develop. Um, and when it comes to the, the fear of um, failure, it's the, it's the whole psychosocial thing, isn't it? Because you will get people that say, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you do. Because there's, we're social creatures, right? I mean, there's, you have to be basing yourself in a social context. If you have any norms at all, if you're not walking around, you know, eating the food off other people's plates in restaurants or... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just sort of going to sleep in the middle of an office or like we've got these social constructs, right? There's, it's just undeniable. Um, and there's a lot of sort of uh, what, are, what are other people's rules? We worry too much about um, not being good enough. And that, that, like I say, and this whole thing about the, the superpowers principle that you underestimate how strong that is when you want to go out into the world. Um, and you run it against some sort of comparison of an ideal self, which is something that we talk about as well. So you think, <clears throat> because we're not there yet, it's not good enough to go out there. And then if it doesn't work, it's like, ah, you know, that was this, this terrible failure. There's something wrong in that approach. When there's like a, a million reasons why something failed. You know, there's like a million reasons why someone wouldn't buy from you. There's a million reasons why that post didn't go viral. You know, so it's about having that the, the confidence to push through that, which is what I endeavor to instill in my entrepreneurs. Um, because you, you can't not feel the fear. It's just about recognizing that and understanding how you want to take the next step. Gotcha. I like that. How, how when you're working with your entrepreneurs and so forth, how do you help them like improve the odds? Because there, there's everything's probability to a certain sure. degree of some form. And it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, like, for example, I think I, I forget what the, this, the, I think it's 90% of restaurants in the States fail in their first five years, or I sure. forget that it's a high number for restaurants. How for someone who wants to start, you know, maybe there's a listener listening who's like, you know what, I, I would love to, but that's that fear that holds me back. How do we improve the odds to, to turn the table the other way? Well, the first thing I would say is if you're going to open a restaurant, pivot. Um, <laughs> no, if you if you're going to if if you're starting, um, the key thing is the the niche for me. You know, people worry that they start and their their customer base is is too small. Like they try and serve too broad a market, um, and it's just so hard to do. Like the thing is, and I, I, some brutal truths here. Like when you start. Pretty much nobody cares what you're doing. You know, the, the, like the competition for attention was like the battle recent, you know, of the last, whatever, the last decade. Um, and now it's, it's about like, if you do not fit directly into somebody's life, they're not going to give you any attention at all. So you really do have to niche, which is why, like, for me, I worked, 
even, but I tell you, Vic, even I started, you know, I worked with entrepreneurs for like three and a half years. And then when I started out for myself, here he goes <laughs> straight into that broad niche <laughs> of, of helping multiple entrepreneurs, helping people to, you know, go and live the life that you want. It's just too broad. So I've got a, a very particular niche around, um, you know, guys that are in the marketplace that have come through that startup phase and now they're going, uh, I don't really know what the next level is for me. You know, could I help people that are um, have much bigger companies, possibly? Um, could I help people at the startup stage, possibly? But it's just not going to work. It's about like, where are my superpowers best applied and what's the key niche? So people that are listening, um, if they are thinking about, you know, starting something for yourself, firstly, just just do it. Like, get started because you, you don't want to look back and go, oh, well, you know, I, I wish I'd started that or sit on some idea forever. Um, but make sure you make sure you pick uh, the right, like a small niche. Make sure that you're running some, there's loads of stuff out there about, like, you know, lean startup, customer discovery. Um so just just make sure you identify that niche. You go and speak to as many as you can, but do just get started. Tell people about your idea. You know, if I don't, I, I was working once with um, a company and this entrepreneur came in. I was like, <laughs> you know, tell me about your idea. And he's like, oh well, I can't. It's you know, it's, it's sensitive. Uh, somebody will steal it. And I'm like, okay, well, this conversation's over. I mean, if, you know, if, if if we can't talk about your idea, what's what's the thing? The world's not short of ideas, it's short of execution. So if you are looking to start up, like I say, focus on a niche, find out as much as you can about them and just get an early offer out to them. Um, and if nobody cares, and be prepared for the fact that nobody cares. If you speak to a thousand people and one of them wants to speak to you, that's a result. But the first 10 maybe won't, you know? So you've got to keep pushing through and handle that early rejection. I love that. Yeah, that's... that's um some powerful, powerful stuff there. I think, uh, and you, I love how you shared the whole, um, which is so true. There's, 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 um, there's tons of ideas out there, but there's minimal or, or minimized or less execution of those ideas. Mm. Uh, mm. so true on so many levels. Um, what are some things then, you know, as we're, you know, people going through their fears and facing them and so forth for entrepreneurs, mm. um, what are some of the mindset like blocks you see, uh, in entrepreneurs? Is there like a common thing you see, uh, you know, when they, when it comes to success and, um, how they get through it or how they prepared mentally to, um, I don't want to say the word push them through, but for lack of better terms, push them through that. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes in these different phases. You know, the, the, the mindset in the startup, like I touched on there, is really dealing with that rejection and not getting too caught up on your plan. Um, there are various, I don't know if you're, uh, you or your listeners are familiar with Myers-Briggs, but if you want, as, a, as an introduction to mindset, go and look at Myers-Briggs. It's a personality typing test that will help you to understand a bit more about how you think. But there are particular types there that will get really stuck on their plan. Um, and that's brutal in the early stages. You know, you need to be able to shift your mindset to go, we can change this stuff. And I'm curious and I want to explore. I don't want to find out like, <coughs> you know, I don't want to stick on this plan and then it's just about these minimal tweaks to the plan. You might need to change it completely. Um, and you have to have a mindset of being curious at the start and wanting to go out and engage people. Then the guys that I'm working with, there's a, a 
there's a lot going on at that point in terms of the fear of loss. Because if you, if you go to take the next jump, you could lose what you've got. And that's, that's really scary. Uh, you also have to think about operating in a different way, particularly when it comes to your leadership. So there is a bit, there's a bit, there's quite a strong element of single-mindedness at the start, you know, to be able to stick through. Not that you don't listen to people, but you really need to think about your leadership style as you go up to the next stage. Um, when you're um, when you're bringing people on board, they're not going to be as they're not necessarily going to be as passionate as you are about this idea. You know, this could just be something that is part of their lives, not this all-consuming um, part of an entrepreneur's life. So then, understanding your uh, leadership style in terms of your mindset, there, <coughs> being being able to appreciate the differences that other people bring and the allowances that you're going to make for them. People fear loads of stuff. I mean, people will fear that first hire. What if I'm not going to be a good boss? Okay, so what what does a good boss mean? What does that mean for you? How do we put the systems in place to make sure that, you know, you can um, uphold that, you can create the culture that you want, the one that's going to be the right fit for you? Uh, How do I make sure that I don't lose what I've got? I mean, there is no, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. It's this choice. But what is the, what's the next experiment um, to take a reasonable step for you. Some entrepreneurs will take massive risks. I mean, I've had entrepreneurs that they're going to go bust if they don't raise a hundred grand in the next seven days. Um, I have other entrepreneurs that will sit on the same kind of cash level for months because they're they're eking out what that next leap is going to be for them. It's, it's fundamentally, it's about understanding yourself. I keep going back to this. You've got to do it. You've got to do it your way. There are ways to do it, but you've got to understand yourself and do it your way. And if you understand yourself at the authentic level, you know where you're getting in your road, then you start to process your fears at a deeper level. You start to understand what that route is. Why will this impact my self-image? What's the best way for me to take this to minimize this next step to minimize my risk? So that, that's really the fundamental thing. Sound information here, guys. Take hope you're taking pen and paper and writing this down. Good stuff here. Do you say that that would you do you believe that when it comes to individuals who are successful, it's 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 more of having that flexible mindset and being more uh, malleable when it comes to handling things that are showing up and so forth. I think a lot of it is the the stage that you're at. So when you are starting to build that team, the success is the team. You know, there's just, there's no two ways about it. You can, you know, there's, you can have like a hero worship lead entrepreneurs. That's fine. Um, the people that are going to lead that vision, but they are nothing without the people. You know, even, even Steve Jobs without Wozniak, like not, what would have happened? And then the people that you don't hear about that were in that kind of background, uh, even like Jonathan I, for example, you know, Apple, the, the designer, like what would have happened without that guy around? Um, so, the the success the sort of the malleability yes uh, if you understand yourself you know how you interact the key then is how do you create that balance around you um, again this is something that we work on a lot with the entrepreneurs you 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 need to think about the people you're bringing in not just the function that they are but how they think as well uh, what's going to counterbalance you can you get somebody in who is like way too far away from your way of thinking, even if they're brilliant at that function? My my opinion is no, because the relationship will be too 
um, disjointed. You'll have such a lack of appreciation of the operating methods of each other that that probably isn't going to work. So you need to be really smart about who it is that you're hiring, not just on ability level, but also on their match for the gap that exists essentially in your head. Powerful. I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, with that. Uh, and we use that when we were looking to hire. Do you, I know you mentioned Myers-Briggs a little bit ago. Do you, with, do you recommend that for individuals who's looking to hire uh, and so forth to help um, kind of see how the thinking processes work and make sure they complement one another? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good tool. It's like um, any of these, though. It's the it's the surface level, and then like, do you really understand it um, in terms of you know? There's one of the dimensions is like, in a, a basic level, it's about whether you're a big picture thinker or whether you're a detail person. Um, and it's if you think about uh, even an element like that, it's not just about the task. Then it's going to be about the communication. So if you have a, a big picture uh, leader who's looking at a strategy, you know they, they, they create that that overall container, and the detail person is trying to fill in some of those blanks. When the big picture person talks to the detail person, they're going to miss stuff out because the way they communicate is around the um, you know they'll just assume knowledge. And then the, the detail person will start to get frustrated. And if there's a power dynamic in there of like leader and um, you know, new employee, for example, then that doesn't get brought to the surface. So you can look at the, you know, the, the different types. It's just understanding not, not at the surface level, but what's, what does that really mean in terms of the way that we're going to interact, the way that they're going to carry out their job, how they're going to fit for the culture. And that's just like one, you know, that's one test, Myers-Briggs. The, the critical thing is to just make sure that you've got that, that deeper understanding of some of these tools. Definitely, again, like anything in entrepreneurship, like get started with it. But don't just take the test, spend 10 minutes on it, and then go, right, I've got that. Because there are, there are so many different layers to it, and you're better to understand them at this um, you know, even if you spend like just spend half a day on it, you know, like just immerse yourself in some of this stuff, because the more you do that, the more you see how things uh, interconnect. No, I love that. I uh, I could totally see how, especially if there's a power play, uh, mm. a big picture person versus a detailed person. How the big person, big especially if they're pat, you know, getting passionate about the whole big picture. Mm. Details person, like, okay, that's great. Now I want to see how are you going to do this, 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 this. What about this? What about that? With that. I don't yep. know about that. I'm not worried about that. I just want to focus on the big picture. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And then the detail person's going, right, so am I supposed to be talking about this or am I, am I in trouble now or I'll just shut up again. And then they'll even go, bloody hell, I, I, like, how am I going to work here? Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's really understand that. And that's like one dimension of one tool uh, that's out there. So there, there is a huge depth to this. I love it. No, that's, that's, that's so true. And, I, and I'm speaking for personal prefer, uh, personal experience too. And I, when I'm talking about big picture mindset and individual, because that's how I am. Yep. And uh, it's funny when I, you know, somebody will come with the detail side and I'm like, that's great. I'm not ready for details. I'm focused here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we, get, we can get to that later. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I like, I'll, you know, I'll put three dots on a, a wall somewhere and go, right, can everybody see that very clear strategy that I've just drawn on this wall? Because I'm filling in all of these blanks, you know. Um, it's just it's just being mindful of that. See, there, there's actually there's another, just touch on another dimension, but there's one dimension there as well, which is about whether you plan or whether you leave your options open. Um, 
And again, this is really important for entrepreneurs, that early stage ones, you really want to be trying to leave options open. And then as you start to get the idea right, crystallize more of a plan because otherwise anyone coming in doesn't know what you're doing, right? Or if you're going for investment, blah, blah, you know, you've got to have this plan. But I was having a discussion uh, with somebody I was working with and I get really frustrated when there isn't a plan. And he just said to me, we, we don't need to solve this like right now. You know, because he's got that dimension of leaving more options open. And it was just that moment of going, yeah, do you know, like, we're, you're right. Like, we, where we are at the moment, we can afford to listen to more options and we should be exploring it. And I shouldn't be trying to close this loop. Um, but it was the ability for us to have that conversation because we're both talk, we both understand mindset. And he knows that I'm trying to do, like, that's how I work. And I know that he is much more... Uh, open-ended so sometimes he drives me crazy because he won't make a decision but we can actually talk about it and say is that thing causing interference here uh, and that's that's massively powerful when you can get people together to do that i couldn't agree with you more on that yeah and it, it's it's uh it's interesting how you know again keeping things open versus not and i think there's a would you say there's like a balance to that in some degree sure sure um that, that example there of like, when do you need to make a decision? You know, I can't remember who wrote it, but somebody was writing about uh, 10% of decisions are urgent and the rest aren't. Yes. Um, but every decision feels urgent, like to me, I would say as well, you know, um, because I've got this real strong metric and desire around progress. But sometimes that's, uh, you know, hey, obviously, you know, hey, that's a great thing. You know, you, you care about progress. But actually, it can be really detrimental at times because it means that you can push things too hard. You can make a decision um, before you've got, you know, enough of the information in. You will um, move and people haven't, don't know, like, where are you going? Uh, what's going on here? So it's, it's really um, getting the balance of those things right is, is massively powerful. And being able to just slow things down and understand what the situation requires. I was at this Buddhist retreat, and I, I don't normally go on Buddhist retreats and things, um, but I, I'm really interested in different perspectives. We were talking about um, meditation, which is something that I've always been a bit like, I get the science behind it and I, I get the benefits, but sometimes I feel that I'll close my eyes and I just open them again. It's half an hour later. I feel all right, but come on, let's, you know, we're back in the hamster wheel here, right? And we've just lost half an hour. <laughs> when we were talking about that, um, being a bit more intentional about that type of stuff and the time frames that you actually think in. So being aware enough to go, the time frame that we're in, right in this moment, what does the situation actually require? Does it require me to be thinking in the future, you know, six months, a year, five years down the line? Or does it actually require me just to be in this moment for the next 15 minutes, the next five minutes, the next 30 seconds? Like, what does that moment require? You know, you can't live like every single second of your life like that, but you'll know those moments that you come up against where your your body, your brain is like telling you, right, something's, something's going on here. Um, you, you feel like a physiological response or you get that kind of warning, that little flag that comes up in your head. Just check in, you know, what's the time frame that we need to be, who am I in this moment? What am I operating like? And what's the time frame that we need to be operating on when it comes to this decision? I think that's really powerful. No, I, I agree. I, th I agree with you on that. I think it's, um, 
crucial in looking at timeframes and stuff. Now, is this on the essence too of just to clarify a little bit um, on time management too, like looking at what if I do this and, and, and focus on this for this amount of time and sequencing it out? Is that where you're kind of going with it a little bit too? Well, it, it was just when we're talking about, you know, making the decisions versus leaving options open. Um, you know, just think about what's the time frame that we're, we're operating in here. Like, can we afford to leave those options open a bit longer? Um, what does this moment actually require? Is this a decision that is a, like, a you know, a, a, this is now set in stone for the next year? Or is it actually a decision to go, right, well, let's make this decision and then we'll look at it next week. But I think that in terms of the time frames um, is really important really important uh, because you'll probably have a natural, like I have a natural tendency to live in the future. So I think like a lot of decision making becomes about what's the impact of this way down the line, you know? And sometimes you just need to bring that in a bit shorter to go, well, this is what we need to do now. Or actually we don't need to take this decision now. Um, when When it comes to time management, I mean, time management is always talked about as a, this thing like I don't really subscribe to that you can maximize every you know work in six minute blocks or whatever else I, I get it you know if, if it works for other people and the theory behind that's great about you know this super hyper productivity every single day it's just not my experience of the real world um, I think that the balance is really important I think that you should be able to leave yourself enough reserves to really push the accelerator down when you need to. Um, but operating in the red line all the time, which I have to say, I don't practice what I preach a lot there because I often feel that I'm doing that. But when it comes to your time management, it's, it's about getting the balance and getting a system that works for you. So I've got entrepreneurs that they just won't operate in like a really rigid, tight structure. So we just need to work out, okay, so what's your energy like at these different points? Are you going to make a, have a system whereby you've got your task list, you've got some sort of priorities against it, but actually you're just going to decide in the morning, what am I going to do this morning? And then what am I going to do this afternoon? You know, again, it's about the individual understanding how do you operate When's the best time for you to do things? What's the best way for you to do this? Rather than some one-size-fits-all time management system. That's just, just my opinion and my experience. And, and Joe, I agree with you. I think, I think we've gotten too much into the, you know, because people call it time management. What I do is time management, like energy, managing your energy. Yeah. Just knowing yeah. if you're like, for example, if you're doing work today and you're feeling good and powerful and you're in that flow state, man, crank that stuff out then. <laughs> because just why not, right? You're, you're, yeah, right? The content you're going to produce out of that is going to be phenomenal, better yeah. than I got 30 <laughs> minutes, I got to get this done in 30 minutes because I, I got the next thing I got to do after that, so let me hurry up over here. And it's like all that blabbering, just focus in that head of you, in our minds, it, it, it makes us um, very robotic. You talk about the hamster wheel, this is like even more of it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a shift in consciousness, especially in the business world. You know, we're get, it's slowly getting there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it happening in the next three to five years, but I know there's a movement of this where it's coming to a point where we're like getting away from time management stuff and getting more into energy management where it's just like, you know what, if I'm, I'm good with this, I'm feeling really good, I'm going to hammer this out, let me do this. Uh, because what ends up happening, as you know, uh, when you're in flow and stuff, you end up doing more in such a shorter period of time. Mm. Would you agree with all that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the, there are things like, I've got a, a, 
time in the morning, like half seven to nine, which I've got as my uh, priorities, because what happens in the way that I work, so where I started was what you were talking about, that it's like back to back to back, chunk, 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 right? And I'm, a, I'm a, personally, as a system for me, I favor, um, you know, chunking things into calendars. But it was about leaving white space there as well, because if something runs over, then you are rushing the next thing. Or you're ending the day and going, ah, oh, I didn't get that done, when actually you've given yourself an unrealistic uh, workload. And of course, other things happen in that day as well. Um, so there, there's a few sort of technical tweaks that I have in terms of a system. But yeah, there's like sometimes um, I'll, I'll be working crazily late. Uh, sometimes I just don't, I'm not feeling it in the afternoon, so I'll just go and do something else. Um, yeah, because there isn't any point in sitting there. It's like it's like the whole thing of if you're if you are like burning yourself out all the time. How how what quality is the work that you're doing in an hour? You know, that's like maybe ten minutes of good work, and it's taking you an hour to do it because you're just you, you know you're just on your your edge. So yeah, I, I I would absolutely back you. It's about understanding where your energy uh, your energy levels lie, and thinking about when do you normally feel more energized. There are people that make sales calls in the morning, some do it in the afternoon because this is when they've they've got the right energy to do that type of thing. They're creative at this point in the day. They do the detail stuff here. Again, it's just that energy management and your state of mind. Couldn't agree with you more. I think too, you know. It, I always ask the question, like, where did the programming begin? Where did uh, the the conditioning happen to where we became so hyper focused on time? Because, like, in my, I used to be that I'm a Type A personality. I'm a go go dri- driven individual. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Doesn't matter what, how long, how much work, whatever. I'm going to do that. But being in the health world, when I've when I've learned that you you know how many how much your heart beat how much your heart works per day hours wise, on you go. <laughs> you know it, it, this this fact I got was very interesting. They said you know I thought oh your heart beats all the time it's always working you know it just never stops right everyone you know it's usually the response we get, but I was I, when I finally found out that you're actually your heart only works nine hours a day. <laughs> right. It pumps, it makes a contraction, and then it relaxes. It makes a contraction, and then it relaxes. So when you look at all the contractions, it's only nine hours. For me, at least, being in the health world, I was like, you know, as a chiropractor, we we, 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 uh, we respect and appreciate the laws of the body and how the body heals, and we we don't try to manipulate or change it. We accept it and try to help improve it. And so I'm like, okay – Heart only beats nine hours, works nine hours a day. There is no reason why we should be killing ourselves. If nature doesn't do it, why are we doing it? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I'm going to go on a soapbox, so I'm going to stop there. (laughs) No, but I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's like uh, that, that sort of perpetual motion system doesn't work anywhere else in the universe but no. yet you know when you're in your business or whatever um, you know there's some sort of pressure on to do that look man if you look at it from the the wider perspective it's it's just it's an industrial revolution thing isn't it you know like we, it becomes about time so time you produce this amount you look at it in education again it's time you know you're blocked you go into this class you learn this stuff you finish that you go into that next thing you go into your work 
the time is set, you know, nine to five, although flexible work's changing that a bit now. But like, again, that's just a, for me, it's a societal conditioning um, because we haven't really asked the questions about what is the best way for the individual rather than what is the best way for um, somebody who's running a system that's designed to almost uh, treat people as a resource rather than as individuals. Now, now I'm on my soapbox, you know, um, but yeah, I think that's where that's come from. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and the scary thing too is I was having a conversation with my nephew over the weekend. He's only seven. And we were talking and he was just like asking about work. And he's like, he asked me, he's like, Uncle Victor, how long do you work and hours a day? And I was like, I go, well, buddy, I kind of make my own schedule to a certain degree. And then I just do that. And he's like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get to choose, you know, I, I run a couple businesses. So I, I dedicate certain time to it. And he's like, what do you mean? And he was so mind boggled that <laughs> he's like, well, my dad does gets up at this time and goes here and does this. I see him, you know, Papa used to do this and then mom does this. And I'm like, yeah, I go, but buddy, it's, a, you know, and I told him, I'm like, but you have a choice if you yep. want to have that or that. And he was just like, really? And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I need to spend more time with this guy. I can't, he's right here in my circle of, you know, family here and I, I got to make sure. But it was interesting because what I got away from it is like, man, how many kids think that way? Sure. But, but, but I, this is it though. I mean, you're even more valuable at that stage, right? I mean, if you're, when you're, when you're trying to work out what are the rules for being a person, like this is where so much of that actually comes from. That's why people carry so much around from their childhoods. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's like I say, that's just, that's a systemic thing, right? Yeah. And I know you're with your work and stuff. I know that you, you know, with entrepreneurs, um, a lot of that stuff that they face and deal with, how much is that, you know, in your opinion and so forth, how much does that uh, affect them in their work and what they do and their success? How do you mean? Like how much of their subconscious mind play a role in their success or how they do things in, in certain aspects? Huge, man. Huge. I mean, if we were talking about um, the, the the childhood stuff and like imprints and uh, things like that, <clears throat> it's all to do with what they uh, believe they need to do to get love and respect, right? I mean, we're all we're all um, at, at some level, whatever our definitions are of those terms. Um, again, because we're these social creatures and we've got the social context, it's all about love and respect. And there's there's definitely an innate need in humans for love, which is a great thing because it brings us together. Um, you know, however that's however that can be. I'm a very rational person. Like it's just something. There is something beautiful and irrational about that. But the the way that can twist is, you know, if people think that well, in order to be loved and respected, I can't fail. Or uh, in order to be loved and respected, I have to be this type of leader, or I have to operate in this way, or I have to think this way. Like that stuff, so much of that is happening at the their subconscious level. You know, when there is a, you know, a, a particular behavior about when they're being a leader, like they, they give people too much leeway, for example, because they think that, well, I want to get their love and respect, so I don't want to be mean to them. Or the reverse, the other side is true, where so I'm the leader, so I need to make sure I've got full control because that's how I'm going to get respect. When actually, it's you know, it's neither of those extremes is helpful. Um, and then people are left to sort of second guess themselves. So it's it's huge. Um, it's huge, but and a lot of that is based on, like I say, what what happens in your childhood that 
whatever your constructs are around those two things. And it's also to do with your own um, mindset as well, like your your genetic makeup about what is important to you in the world. But this is the whole point of coaching, right? To to bring some of that stuff out. I'm not there to tell people like who they are and what to do. We're here to help them find out who they are and how they're going to execute in their business based on exactly that. You know, what is your mindset? What are your superpowers? What are your fears? Let's work out how you do it, not how is it done. How do you do it? I love that. And I love how you bring it up, how it's all about um, individuality, right? Yep. The coaching, the experiences, the subconscious programming, it's, it's an individual's journey in what they do and how they, where they came from, their upbringing, and all the experiences led up to where they are today. Um, it's individual and not some cookie cutter. Sure, sure. And it's, it's a massive thing that we, you know, we don't have enough of those authentic conversations. You'll, you'll experience this as well. As, um, there's so many occasions where there are, I'm the guy at the I'm the guy I'm the guy at the party who's got somebody locked into a, like a really serious deep conversation in the kitchen, right? I'm not the guy who's going to put the tunes on and, and pull everyone up to dance. I'm glad that guy's at the party, right? Because if it was all like me, that would be a tough time. But when you are having those authentic conversations about people's uh, fears and their hopes and their dreams and stuff like that, some people are are afraid to have that um, because it's potentially just too scary to look at and um, whether they're scared of their you know the potential that they've got or the fact that they might not do it and it might not happen but like I said I've no doubt that you've experienced this as well that when you start to actually have more of those conversations a lot of people want to have them you know it's just this strange unwritten rule that we don't talk about that stuff but so many people want to have them I'd, I'd said to you before about when I was listening to Marcy on your um, podcast Marcy Moberg she was talking about um, trust in your intuition, you know, and that she can feel, uh, she felt that her, one of her relatives was was going to die. Like, that's a conversation that it takes courage to have in our society at times, but when you open up stuff like that, people want to hear about it. This is how you do the podcast, right? Like, people want to hear about it and they want to engage and have permission to have that authentic conversation. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a really it's, it's a really powerful thing, and I I don't know how to, um, you know what? Well, I know what holds us back. It's again, it's that social acceptance and the fear thing, but I I just wish we could open that up a little bit more. Again, you're helping to do that, and I, I'm really grateful that you do your podcast, um, because those things are the things that are really going to move us all forward. Well, thank you for that. I, I, I agree with you a lot. It's it's that um, I'm I'm like you. I'm the guy who wants to have the real conversation. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about how do we grow and how do we evolve and how do we, what's our struggles? What can we learn from them? How do we support one another? Um, yeah, I was that guy at the party who would have the deep conversations in the kitchen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, and you've put some people off, right? You know, some yeah. people have talked to you for 30 seconds and then rolled their eyes and like, I want out of this conversation. Yeah. And then and it, somebody else will talk to you for four hours. You know, it's, it's amazing. So true how that works. But I think it's, you brought up a great point too. It's, it's just having real conversations and, and just, you know, talking about, um, those types of things and, and, and just having them, it will enrich getting back to enriching the experience of humanity and coming back mm. to who we really are. Mm. Yeah. And just don't be afraid to have them. You know, like when there's things that you want to talk about, just, just test it out. And if the first person does roll their eyes, cool. But look, look at the, 
I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not a religious person, right? But there, there's just there's something going on that it is, it is almost by design. When you look at the different passions that people have in the world, the different mindsets they've got, the way that they think, these different, this huge diversity of superpowers of thinking, like. <sighs> There's, there, are, there are people out there who are part of your tribe who want to have that conversation that you want to have. Uh, so don't give up on uh, trying to find them. And don't be put off by somebody who thinks that you are crazy. You know, somebody who is like so far, you, you guys are, are so misaligned that you think, well, maybe there's something that's wrong with me. Uh, it just isn't the case, you know. It's about this authenticity of understanding who you are. And this is incredibly true in entrepreneurship. And, um, and stay in the course with that, just having the, that bit of extra courage, because that's how you'll find um, peace and that's how you'll get that fulfillment, by this auth- staying true to your authentic self. And those people are out there that want to connect with you, you know? Um, so yeah, stay the course, I guess there was a message there. I love that. And on that note, I'm going to end on that note because that was powerful there. So Joe, really quick, how can people get a hold of you and get connected with you for all that you're doing, what you're up to? So uh, if they can go to mindsetexperts.co.uk, I run uh, the entrepreneurship programs from there. We do over Zoom as well, so we can do that remotely. It doesn't doesn't really matter where you are based. Uh, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I am nowhere nowhere on Facebook. Uh, It's not really my channel. So my my social media is is LinkedIn. Um, It's just Joe Trodden. the benefits of an unusual name. But yeah, Joe Trond on LinkedIn and the mindsetexperts.co.uk. Awesome. Wow. And I'll have that in the show notes for everybody to, to connect with. I love how first time I had nobody on Facebook. That's awesome. I, I commend you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Man, I, just, I just tried it, but I just, you know, you get quite a bit of it. Well, for me, I just found like I get some engagement and stuff like that, but it's, uh, yeah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me as a channel. I don't know. The, the vibe's a bit weird. It's um, it's not as sort of business entrepreneur focused for me. Again, it's just another one of those examples of, you know, you can be told, oh, you've got to be on Facebook. You know, you've got to be tweeting. You've got to be doing that. You don't. Like, you, you find the channels that work for you. I use LinkedIn because it's the right audience. The video content uh, gets the exposure there. So, again, find it, use leverage your superpowers. Find out what works for you and do the business your way. I love it. Well, Joe, it was a pleasure having you on. I love chatting with you. Um, Wealth of information, great things you shared here. I know the listeners got a lot of content out of here. And again, just keep up the great work you're doing because I know the entrepreneurs need that uh, because they are the, you know, they're, they're living, you know, I I see entrepreneurs as ways of um, when they live their passion and live their truth and and get out there and expose it and, 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 have an attraction towards them because they're living their passion and they're in sharing their superpower mm. um, that raises the consciousness and vibration of that individual. And the more people we have doing that, the more that's how we can shift the world. So I, I appreciate what you do. That is the key message, Vic. That is the key message. And, and keep, keep doing what you're doing um, because the people that you bring in the diversity of thought, this is also something that we need because um I'm so certain that every one of your guests will have resonated with people in your audiences. So the diversity of people that you get on uh, is really inspiring as well. So keep up the good work too. Thank you, brother. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new, just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com closer to get started. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.